Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. How do I sound? I sound like me. Uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, you're on the go, so we're we're doing. This is the first podcast I think we've done. We did you? When was the last time? <clears throat> I I don't like keep up like regularly with how many episodes we post like what number we're on but i realized we passed 350 not too long ago which is wild um that's like insane so i mean applause to us on that bro like 350 episodes is quite a lot uh, but i don't think we've ever done one on the road like ever no i mean because i mean you 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 try not to but you know desperate time desperate measures I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited though. I'm honestly, glad we were able to get this in. Honestly, I'm not too mad about it either. Cause like, I mean, what, there's nothing wrong with, uh, killing, putting, yeah, you got some time in the car and oh, we're going to run, yes. through, we're, we're going to run through some dead spots. Like we just did right there. There's a little bit of a dead spot there. <laughs> so that's, that's a challenge. What, I did didn't, I cut out? Yeah, a little bit. You said how much time is in the car for you? Four hours. Four hours. Well, we'll take up at least an hour of that talking about football. Now, we're a little bit late. I was going to talk about, I forgot what I was saying. My phone broke this morning, but what was the other thing I was going on? Oh, the Vegas thing. So we're going to Vegas next weekend. That'll be a blast. Um, I've never been, and you're leaving Sunday at 430 I've booked mine to leave at 7.30, so I'm going to have an extra like couple hours just by myself in Vegas, which is going to be very interesting. I'm going to I'm gonna peruse around and see what's going on. I, I don't know what I'm going to run into. Uh, I might go sit at a sports book because like, it is going to be Sunday, so I might go sit like at noon because you'll probably have to leave Vegas. Like, I mean, leave like the hotel and whatnot, like what, 1, 2 o'clock probably? I think so, uh, we got the late checkout, so 1 o'clock sounds right. Yeah. So I'll be hanging probably in a in a sports book or something like that. I might you know go check out one of the golf courses or something because I've got a couple extra hours. So I'm excited for that. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I don't want to spend the extra four hundred dollars to move my flight up. So I just I got the seven thirty flight. I'm excited for it. Don't forget though, just so you know, so you're planning it around in your head. Remember, we're gonna be on West Coast time. NFL mm. Sunday starts at what ten a.m. Instead oh, nice. of 12, <laughs> 10 a.m. That's good then because then I get the, the normal 3 p.m. games would be 1 p.m. there. So I'm yep. going to get a majority of the football in. I'm just going to miss Sunday night football, basically. That's that's awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy that. I'm going to sit with the, all the screens, go find a sports book somewhere. It's going to be fun. We'll see. We'll see. It feels like we're dropping like flies, though. We're losing people. I hope I hope we uh we have a pretty good crew going into next weekend, but it sounds like you know, we'll we'll make do with what we got. It's gonna be a fun time, especially uh popping your very uh, Vegas cherry. Yeah, yeah. It's about you, brother. It's about you. So I'm I'm happy I'm gonna be there for you and we're gonna have a good time doing it. Um let's talk a little football though. Did you get it? Did you get a chance to watch the? Uh, I think they're calling it the barn burner of the century last night, the Thursday night game. That was uh, that was quite a game, Dude. wasn't it? <laughs> Dude, I I watched 
first of all, my, you know, typical David, I bet the over, over 42 and a half points. Oh, God. And uh, I knew right away, like, that, that, yeah, wasn't happening. Money down the drain. Um, I watched, I started watching it first half. And I just I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I couldn't. It was, it was more of a joke than an actual game, honestly. And um, Broncos. I, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where to start with them, man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting situation in Broncos country right now. I was uh, messaging a friend of mine who you know well, Will, that is a, a huge Broncos fan, and was talking to him like, "Man, what is going on here?" I, mean, I felt like they, you know, I, I don't think anybody thought going into the season that you just plug Russell Wilson into this system and all of a sudden, you know, first year coach, first year quarterback in in this new system, they were going to be Super Bowl contending or you know, really contending at all, but I feel like we had like decently high hopes for him. I just, I watch him. I'm like, dude, Russ just sucks. Like he, his, his long ball is not there anymore. Like it used to be. I'm not going to blame the receivers, but also his decision-making is horrible and they're losing games. I mean, he didn't score a touchdown yesterday and I have him on fantasy, bro. 2.72 points. My guy. <laughs> Shout out to whoever the 1% that betted, no touchdowns this game for plus 10,000. <laughs> oh my gosh. They want some fucking money. Dude, that is um, that is a huge win. But uh, just a little side note. Remember when Will they crashed at our plate at my place and then he came into <laughs> me and I's restaurant? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah. That was hilarious, bro. Cause I remember just waking up like in the morning, like, why is my door open? And I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, you just know when, like, what was happening? And then Will was like, oh, my bad. Yeah, uh, that was is, funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's feeling he's feeling pain right now, though, unfortunately. Most of Broncos country is. I mean, four touchdowns and three interceptions on the season, man. I saw some stat. I yeah. think it was last five games with Seattle. He was 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. I feel bad because I drafted him as my quarterback, and I – I think it's reaching that point. Let me ask you this. As a fantasy owner, is it reaching that point that I should probably look to move Russ, not even trade him, but maybe even drop him or move him to the bench and pick up somebody? A thousand percent. thousand percent. Well, let's see what we have here as free agents for the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford's available. Okay. Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence. That's about it. I mean, unless you want me to mention Carson Wentz and Geno Smith. So, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence. I feel like Kirk Cousins is pretty consistent when it comes to fantasy points. Let's see this year if he's doing anything. But uh, 9.92 points last week. 17 points the week before. 6 points the week before that. 18 points the first week. I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know either, man. Like, it's just one of those things where, honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. As a whole, the AFC, the AFC West is like underperforming as a whole. What I would say think? so. 
I would say so as well. I mean, I think the Broncos, I mean, sorry, not the Broncos, the Raiders are a huge letdown. I mean, Devontae Adams, that that big move, I thought that was really going to help Derek Carr. Not really seeing much out of them. And the new coach there, we're not big. I mean, I'm not a big fan of him. Chargers, I mean, I was pretty big on the Chargers, dude. I, I was big on uh, Justin Herbert winning the the MVP this year and the in the in the Chargers possibly going to the Super Bowl. And they're two and two, so they're underperforming. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, but you know what are you what are you going to do with the rest of that division? I I don't know. I think they're all just underperforming, like you say. It's it's not impressive. The Chargers are probably the biggest shock to me because I thought they were really built to kind of take a big step forward, um, and they lost to the Jags two weeks ago. That's ugh. yeah. I mean, sorry, there's a bunch of noise in the back, but. I mean, it's just one of those things where, first of all, Chargers I feel like there's always been high hopes for them, but they always end up underperforming. Um, yeah. Freaking the Herbert rib injury doesn't help. They're them having the worst rush offense doesn't help, especially doesn't help me on my fantasy with Eckler. Um, and like you said, the Raiders, like, what is going on there? Uh, the only ones that are actually, like, the team we thought was going to kind of degress and is actually Regress, playing really yeah. good and actually playing really, really good is the Chiefs. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And as long as they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey... I mean, it, we kind of figured that it, it's it's amazing, though, to your point that they lose Tyree Kill, who is one of one, one of the best receivers in the league, and they're still just firing on all cylinders like like nothing happened. Still running the shovel pass to ter- Travis Kelsey like nothing happened. So I agree with you. I think uh, the Chiefs have really and that, that's a testament to Andy Reid, man. That's a testament to the the organization they've built there and the consistency that they have. And the expectations, I mean, it's not easy to have a Chiefs-style organization culture similar to like the Patriots where it's all about winning and winning consistently. The Chiefs have been good the last five years, five, six years they've been pretty good. So it's impressive, man, especially after losing a piece like Tyreek. And their defense really isn't impressive either. I think uh, the main thing that we've been overlooking too is Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I think Travis Kelsey is the the key there. I think he's the like he's the he's the X factor essentially. Uh, he's the one that he's the game changer. I think you take him out of there. Like say if it instead of Tyreek leaving, Kelsey left. I think that makes a bigger impact than Tyreek leaving. I don't know if that's kind of a hot take. No, but, I agree with you. I think it's it's similar to Brady and Gronk, right? Like Gronk is just unguardable, and I think Kelsey's kind of the same way, where he's that level. When we watch Gronk in the in the Patriots uniform, just being unguardable, and when you take away a, a wide receiver threat, you know you can double wide receiver, and I think it's probably this is totally my opinion and possibly probably wrong, but if you double a wide receiver, I feel like that is more effective than doubling a tight end because the tight end is just bigger and they can, they're just more physical. And also they're not running deep streak routes on the regular, like a Tyreek Hill would. So 
I, I agree with you. I think that it, it's not a hot take at all. Okay, cool. Because I was like, man, I say some hot take right now, like on the road hot take. <laughs> on the road, the burner. So for our confidence pool, you had the Broncos. You gave them eight points of confidence that they were going to win. I gave the Broncos three points of confidence that they were going to win. Uh, the Broncos did not win. Um, in fact, the Colts won 12 to nine. So if you didn't catch that game, you didn't miss much. Uh, even Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels were shitting on the game. <laughs> and you saw the, uh, the fans leaving uh, at the end of the fourth quarter. When have you ever seen a game it goes into overtime and the fans are leaving when the when overtime is starting at home. It's crazy. Crazy. I, I will say my favorite commentator at this time is Amazon Prime Al Michaels because they must have given this dude the green light because he he be wilding sometimes. Low key. You got to like find it in between, but he be wilding. I I just I love I love both of them in general. I love I love Kirk and Kirk's dedication to just football in general. And then Al Michaels is just the goat. Um, well, let's let's start running through these. So you're obviously driving, so I'll take the lead and I'll help you out, so you don't have to drive unsafe on the road. I'll help you out with your picks. But we're gonna start off. I think this is pretty easy. Our top two are interchangeable, so. You have the Green Bay Packers in the opening window for Sunday beating the New York Giants. Uh, that's your 16-pointer. Uh, mine is the Bills beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my 16-pointer. And then vice versa, I, 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 my Packers is 15 and your Bills is 15. So we got the same picks, just one point, just swapping them. I want to interrupt real quick because there's a truck in front of me with like on the... Why am I forgetting the word? Uh, the, the, the truck on the... Uh, crap, what's the thing attached to the back of the truck where you can put the trailer hitch? on? The hitch. On the hitch, this dude literally has like a ball sack hanging from the hitch. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is You like... lived in Texas all those years and you never seen a ball sack on a hitch? Come on now. Nope. Come on now. Seen plenty of those. I see those, I feel like, more regularly than not. And that might just be a testament to where I live, but... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, Packers, Bills, I feel like as long as the Bills aren't playing the Dolphins, I feel like they'll <laughs> always be like a 16-15. They'll always be a top three confidence pick, I feel like. Mm. Um, and the Packers, I mean, it's the Giants, bro. Come on. Come on. We, uh... I, feel like I, did, I feel like I did have some crazy ones, though. I just can't. Obviously, I can't remember. Um, you, you, and I are actually pretty, pretty close on all these picks. It's just the number difference. So we're going to be going back and forth. There's not going to be much arguing. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's any surprise that we both have the Packers beating the Giants at 15 and 16 points, respectively, for the value of our confidence. Um, 16 being the highest. Two fans. If you, if you're just tuning in, first time you listen to the confidence pool, we value the teams or the matchups one to 16. 16 being the most confident, one being the least confident. So um, I, I think the New York Giants, 3-1, and one, definite fraud. Uh, they're on the backs of Saquon Barkley, who's the rush leader right now. Shout out to Saquon Barkley, man, coming off that ACL and actually producing something after a couple of years. Nobody really thought anything. And Jonathan Taylor, all those fantasy owners, ouch, ouch is the words I would use to describe that. 
So yeah, I don't, I don't ever want. You know what? My goal is every fantasy year. I don't want to be at the bottom just because I don't want to <laughs> be stuck with a top pick. Like <laughs> I prefer to pick later in the round because those big old real busts come in those first few picks. Yeah. It's strategy, Every man. Time. It's strategy. You don't, I, I had that first pick last year and took CMC and he was injured all season. So I don't like the pressure either. Cause it, Cause you it, feel like you have to take that, that, that those players, like the top three, like yeah. this year was Jonathan Taylor, uh, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Dalvin like you just Cook, feel like yeah. Dalvin Cook. You feel like you have to take those guys because it's yeah. like, oh, it's consensus one, two, three, four. Even though we all know, usually those top running back picks, most of the time, like don't even come close to living up to their expectations the following year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, that's why I, I think I was five or six and I took Cooper Cup. I just skipped out on the running back uh, sweepstakes. So. I'm just like screw it. I'm yeah, just gonna and, triple crown guy. Triple crown. And and I've always been wide receiver. Go wide receiver. But at the same time, the way the NFL is working, like I've been stuck too many times the past couple of years with no running backs. But mm. at the same time, I think because before I would go too heavy on wide receivers, it's like instead of like maybe like you know like you. Taking, I think I, I picked before you. I think I was fourth. Um, maybe if I would have took Cooper Cup and then second round start going after running backs. Mm. I don't know. Bro, I went three straight wide receivers, dude. It's working well for me oh, so did? far. Oh, you did? I was laughing at you. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and then CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was a little weaker. But I like the Tyree Kill Cooper Cup, man, because guess what? They're both giving me 20 points a week, so I'll take that. I'm all about the point value. So, And Jonathan Taylor yeah. doesn't look so good. But at the same time, I'm – so I don't know if you saw Cordell Patterson. They sent him to the, to the IR, so he's not mm. going to be available until – the soonest he could play is like November 9th or something like that. Mm. So now in that case, I'm like, oh, well – this is why I went heavy on running backs, I guess. But still, well, you can pick up waiver. You play, I feel like you play the waiver wire game more effectively with backup running backs than you do with, you know, second option or third option receivers that all of a sudden get moved up. Like last week, we were talking about Josh Reynolds. Now, Josh Reynolds, I'm on Ross St. Brown and whoever else was out for Detroit. And so Josh Reynolds got DJ moved Chark. up like two, three. What was that? DJ, oh, DJ Chark, well. yeah, DJ Chark. So he moves up like two, three uh, priority ranks in the wide receiver depth chart. But he was in, I think, 8% of, he was rostered in 8% of leagues or whatever it is, um, a really, really low amount. So that's kind of like playing that waiver game. Even at that point, you're still questioning like, okay, he's the third option for a reason. Like, And he puts up points. But meanwhile, you have Jonathan Taylor, and I know Naheem Hines went out last week or la last night. But you know, Jonathan Taylor gets injured, or Cordell Patterson gets injured, and you just go to the waiver wire and pick up the backup, and it's guaranteed he's going to get touches. It's just about if he's going to produce. So it's not uh, guaranteed that when the quarterback throws the ball, he's going to throw it to Josh Reynolds, or Josh Reynolds is going to well, catch it. 
Well, here's the thing with my Josh Reynolds pickup. I don't usually automatically, like, let's just use Khalil Herbert as an example. Like, I know he had that monster game against the Texans. But I was like, you know, I was kind of iffy about picking him up because just because I don't, my knowledge is very limited. Now, it's a little different, Josh Reynolds being former Texas A&M player. Not that <laughs> I follow, not, 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 not in that way, but I'm not in like a, ooh, yeah, gig him, yeah. But, like, just because I knew him from – he was on my college team. Whenever his name comes up, I instant – like, I know where he's at. Like, it's not like I follow him closely, but I know, okay, Josh Reynolds, he's with the Rams. And then, like, oh, yeah, Josh Reynolds with the – because I hear his name, and I'm like, yeah, that's Josh Reynolds. And so it sticks in my mind. But the one thing I knew was that, one, Josh Reynolds was in L.A. with Jared Goff. And, two, I know that – for some reason, even though he's like third string, like he's third down the line, Jared Goff likes targeting him a lot as it is already when he's not the top two guy. Mm. So I, I was very confident on this one because I was just like, it's somebody I follow. I sort of keep up with. And I'm just like, if he gets that many targets as a number three guy, imagine when he's moved up to number one guy. I'm like, he's he's. I mean, obviously, I didn't really think of TJ Hawkinson, but still, because Hawkinson is the one that really thrived from St. Brown and Charger being out because that dude, that dude single-handedly, TJ Hawkinson single-handedly almost beat you last week. Single-handedly um, almost did. That's correct. And I believe that the guy I played against also started somebody who didn't even play. So that tells you. Swift, right? Swift? No, uh, that, was, that was somebody else. Oh, somebody else. Keenan Allen, he started, but TJ Hawkinson with 37 fantasy points. And then Mike Evans, he had also at 27. So, yeah, the two of them almost killed my team. I was very, very close to losing. Luckily, I didn't. Um, the entitled as the, millennials lives on. Has the half PPR thrown you off a little bit like it has me? Because, uh, I mean, we usually have played full PPR, full point, mm. one point per reception. So, this. I have a certain like idea of oh this is the point like a points like oh they get like 17 points you know that's 20 points is like good you look for like 20 points and above that's what i'm looking for if they get like 15 and above it's like it's okay anything below 15 is kind of like hey bro what you doing but the thing is now that we're playing half ppr it, it, it's a little it's scaled down a little bit. Now I see like 17 points and I'm just like, man, that's, eh, that's okay. But then I'm like, wait, we're in half PPR. So that's actually, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's definitely thrown me off because it's different scoring. So it, it just makes it, it changes a little bit for my waiver plays. And yeah, I, I think it throws it off a little bit, but you know, we're, we're rolling with liking- it. How are you liking the new uh, just four people on the bench system? What was it before? Was it five? It was like six or seven. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of tough because <laughs> dude, I, I think, I'm like rotating because um, you, you, well, yeah. here's my point with it. So you have like with six bench slots, it's a lot, but with six bench slots, you buy yourself like one or two slots of players that like, like I have Duvernay, Devin Duvernay on my bench because 
I'm like, okay, this guy could be something that is, I may not start every week, but he might be a piece that somebody wants or I can include in a trade package or like, he's just somebody I want to have possession of on my team because I feel like he might be of value in the future. But when you only have four, yeah, it's an asset. Exactly. But when you only have four, like you can't really afford to have that player on your, on your bench because you might need like an actual backup that you are willing to start. And that doesn't mean I'm not willing to start Duvernay, but Duvernay, I mean, if I look at his points, he had 20 points, 12 points, 10 points, 7 points. So am I really going to like, if if I have an injured wide receiver and I have to start Devin Duvernay and he's been trending downward, it's like, man, I'm really only holding on to you for like one or two more weeks, just hoping that something might happen. But I'm not really confident in starting you this week because you've been trending downward. You see what I mean? Like he's an asset right now, but it's tough to like get rid of him. So yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. It's it's harder. I, that's that's why I really like it, just because you can't. So in my other league, not the two fans league, but my third league, it's just regular bench. There's like seven bench spots, bro. I'm just I'm like hoarding just players just because like why not you know like i have all these freaking bench spots and so literally in the gridiron week one you know uh, george kittle was out those first couple weeks so once week one came opening week i was already in the predicament because i was like shit i need to i didn't have a tight end on my bench so i was like i need to pick somebody up to you know play tight end to replace george kittle while he's out but I'm like, you know, it's the first week. You drafted those players on your bench for a reason. You, you, mm-hmm. you see some potential in them, some value. So I was already from the get-go without even knowing, like, how the season was going to play out. Like, crap, I got to make a decision. Like, who, who am I willing to draw? You know, what, what, what's going to happen? You know, and then it's going to start really hitting, I think, next week, week six. I think the buys, the team, these teams start having buys. That's when it's really going to get. Yeah, I, I, I do like it. Um, but four slots is tough, man. Because, for example, like currently I have Darren Waller in my lineup, and Darren Waller has, I mean, underperformed does not do it justice for what Darren Waller's done. I mean, he has shit the bed this year and it is it is miserable and this is i think the second or maybe even the third year i've drafted darren waller in at least one of my leagues because he's always i feel like when it comes to the hierarchy or the tier list i feel like he's in that uh kittle uh, like tier two right below kelsey like he's in that little bunch right there like maybe three number four or five ranked tight end in the preseason but then when it gets to the season, he's always, always, always shitting the bed, I feel like. So I actually picked up Tyler Higby. Well, that's a position that I don't think anybody in their right mind, I've never heard a fantasy analyst, and I may not be smart enough to do this, but I don't think you start two tight ends at all, regardless, in a flex position at all. So carrying two tight ends with a with four bench slots is incredibly, like, it, it's risky. Like, you take, you, you take up one of those slots, like we're saying, those valuable slots, and I've got Devin Duvernay, who is an asset. So I've really only got two bench slots that I can I can rotate. And neither of them are injured. So it's Rashad Penny and Chase Edmonds. And those are the running back backups. But like 
it really constricts you to making difficult decisions. And you're right. When bye week comes up, oh my God, <laughs> it's going to be because what, what my biggest fear with fantasy is, is you drop a player and you're like, that player's going to be great. So for example, I dropped JK Dobbins last week because I want, I, I needed somebody, I needed a wide receiver to start and I didn't want to drop Rashad Penny or Chase Edmonds. Now everybody's going to go, what the fuck are you thinking? J.K. Dobbins, like obviously you keep J.K. Dobbins. Well, I learned that last week when he put up like 20-something points. I went straight to the waiver wire. I re-added him to my team and luckily nobody else took him. But that's a situation that I was talking about where you don't want to be that guy who drops the player that then starts dropping 20 bombs every single week and you just didn't see it coming, right? You want to hold on to that player. That's my Devin Duvernay play. So... It's tough, man. With four bench slots, it's a different game. You're right. I didn't even notice that until you said something. Uh, in the two fans league, do you, I'll check right now. It looks like we got four. Yeah, we got four in the two fans league. That's tough. Because when Commissioner Topher announced that that was going to be happening, I really liked the idea so much. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it in the two fans league too. But the difference I did to offset the less bench, the only four bench spots, I put which I think should be done in the gridiron too. I put two spots for IR instead mm. of just one. Cause I just feel like it's a, it's a, that's a fair trade off. If like, you're only going to be limited to like this many bench spots. Like you should at least have two spots for IR. If you have guys injured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, God, we're like football season comes around and it's hard to tell if we're a fantasy football podcast or want to be fantasy football podcast or if we just talk about we're, the football we are games. Not, we're not a fantasy football podcast. Yeah, I'd like to say uh, my uh, my record is 28 and 28 and I average fifth position in my money league. So do not take fantasy advice from me. I will say that blatantly. Now I haven't won a, a, a chip since 2017. Ever since then, I've been on the what, what is it the Super Bowl hangover? I've been on a five year Super Bowl <laughs> hangover. <laughs> five years, dude, oh, dead ass, bro. I've been. I've. This is the finally the year where I'm just like, all right, I'm tired of this crap. I am tired of just like being mediocre because That's ever me since I won year. the, <laughs> it's because ever since I won that chip, I was like, man, all right, you know, I, I, I you know, it's like typical. You get up to the pinnacle and then you like stop doing the work. You just like. You know, you're, 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 you're comfortable. I got comfortable. Mm. I was, I was complacent with winning that one chip instead of just uh, striving to be great every single year. Mm. And so I, and, and honestly, time just keeps going by, you know, it's kind of like that Eagles championship, you know, I was like, man, that was so long ago. Hey, I was watching NFL network yesterday and uh, they were talking about as the pregame and they pulled up the Eagles schedule. Steve Smith Sr. and another fellow up there on TV was saying that they don't see the Eagles losing all but maybe two, three games. And it's like the first 10 weeks, they're they're not expecting the Eagles to lose. I mean, they're expecting like a 15 and 2, 14, 3 kind of record. That that kind of that kind of that range. Is it 14 and 2? I think it'd be 14 and 2, right? They play 16 games of the bye week. 17, 17 games now. So 17, so yeah, 15 and 2 and 14 and 3. That's Stick with your gut, Alex. <laughs> but is that is that because of their strength of schedule is so low? I mean, yeah, I know yeah. It's like it helps that they're in the NFC least, so that's like easy. You know, two, four, six, six games of 
beating up on those other teams. Well, but, it, it is. I mean, so we're we're four weeks in, and then so I give you the next six, and you and these six, you can tell they're not going to be any competition. So you have the Cardinals this weekend, which is probably the biggest competition we'll face in these six weeks. Cowboys, Steelers with their new quarterback, and TJ Watt is now injured or been injured. Texans, Commanders, Colts. That's six weeks. So that's that's all. If they get through this week, they're winning every week. You know, uh, barring injury, so they'll be ten and zero. But then they face the Packers, and I think they'll lose the Packers. That's that's their their eleventh matchup, and they play the Titans. Some people were picking the Titans to win that game. You got Eagles, Bears, Cowboys, and then Saints, which is another one that's like okay, second last game of the season, regular season, and then the Giants. So you're really like you're only really matching up against. The Saints, if you consider that a matchup at the end of the season, the Packers, and if you consider the Titans a matchup, I mean, that as well, or the Cardinals this weekend. So there's not really like they're not playing the Bengals or the Ravens or, you know, the Buccaneers or somebody that's like, you know, a big name Chiefs, whatever. Like they're not playing a big, big name team. Um, And I'm just throwing random teams out there, regardless of division or conference. Uh, But you get what I mean? Like you're you're right. Their strength of schedule is not there. And that's what makes me nervous for the playoffs because they will make the playoffs. But I, I feel like I'm going to get really high on my horse and then they're going to make it to the playoffs and play a real team in the first round and be like, oh, man, this is not, this is not what we wanted. We're going to be a bad I, I, spot. I would say just it's a long season. Don't be surprised if they do lose to – they drop Ouch. a game to the Cowboys. They drop – you know, those divisional games, you can never like – you just can never predict – with 100% confidence, those division games. Um, you know, I, I feel like I say it every year. Just like last year, I remember I picked the that one time the Titans were, like, rolling. I think they were undefeated at the time, and I picked the Texans, and y'all were like, what? And the Texans actually ended up winning. But it's, it's just one of those things. Division opponents, they know each other so well, play each other twice a year. It's... it's it's a rivalry game too, so you're right. I, yeah. I agree. I think they'll drop one of the Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised, but um, let's see. I mean, for the Cowboys matchup this weekend, it looks like you and I both don't have them winning against the Rams. And you actually look at us. Uh, you've got the Rams winning. You got five points of confidence. I've got the Rams winning. I got six points of confidence. So not very confident in the matchup, but I. My personal take and the reason why I picked the Rams in this game is the Cooper Cush show has to end at some point. The smoke has to die down. Um, and I think that the Rams defense is going to be pretty good. And I think, honestly, I, it, I'm really questioning Cooper Cup this weekend. So I'm personally going to start Tyler Higby. Because I think Cooper Cup is going to get covered by what's his fanny uh, Diggs, Trevon Diggs. So yeah, but wait, wait, wait. Three start there. Remember, Trevon Diggs is an all or nothing. He's either giving up bombs and touchdowns, or he's intercepting. So yeah, that's the worst thing you're playing. It does. It does. I think ultimately the the Rams' offense is just like th- this. Is the first matchup I think Cooper Cush is going to really f- you know, have somebody to to play against. And he's playing against Aaron Donald. I mean, let's be honest. So 
it takes it takes another level of skill, a tier up of skill to really understand how to beat an Aaron Donald. Um, so did you, I, I, did you ever see a, I, it might've been a TikTok. I don't know if it was TikTok or if it was on Twitter. I sent you a, a video of, a, was it Aiko? Emmanuel Aiko? That's his name, right? Uh, Acho, Acho, yeah, Emmanuel, yeah. Acho, he, he was breaking down a play, um, the Cowboys against the Giants, in which, like, Cooper Rush audibled out of the original play that was uh, freaking called because of what he saw on the defense, these things he saw on the defense, and Acho was, like, breaking down essentially what he saw and why he audible to what he did. And it was the one of the run running plays that ended up going for, like, 30-plus yards or something like that. And that really got me thinking. I'm like, you know, we keep talking about, like, Dak versus Cooper Rush, like, who's better? And obviously us being outsiders, like, I mean, I never played organized football. You did for a little bit. I don't know how much you really like know about. I'm bringing, a novice, breaking novice. That, bringing that stuff down, but I'm just like, what if that's it? Like, what if that's the reason? What if that's the reason I lost it? What if that's the re? Oh, 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 oh! We're fighting. What if that's the reason and then I lost you? Oh, what if that's the reason Cooper Rush is, you know, better with Cooper Rush than Dak Prescott? Oh, my God. Right. Not based off of (laughs) – I I came out again. Yeah, like what if that's the reason and then you're going to say you're like substance of the sentence and then it just went like fluttery again. So try try again. What if that's the reason so and so? I wonder if it's every time I go over like <laughs> under overpass. Probably something but, like that. I mean, it's not bad. It's just a little spurtery right now. Sputtery. Um, what if that's the reason Cooper cut the Dallas Cowboys perform better with Cooper Rush than... Dak Prescott, not just because of, oh, whether who's talented or who has the better arm talent or who can run faster and whatnot, but plainly off of, like, Cooper Rush just is smart, like, can diagnose better what he sees from the defense and put the offense in a better position to make plays than Dak. Interesting. I I mean, I wonder if it's more so I, I agree with what you're saying, but I want to change some of the words. I wonder if he plays it more. He audibles and he plays it safer than Dak does. So he produces less mistakes. And ultimately, like the, the power that the talent of that team carries them to where they need to be, because that's that's really what I feel like this. This team is built to win. The Cowboys, I I question their coaching heavily in Mike McCarthy, but I feel like the less mistakes they make, their talent will rise above a lot of their competition. So I I agree with what you're saying, and it's something to watch for. But I wonder if it's it's the the safer play calling, the safer the safer audibling uh, that has led Cooper Cush to winning more. I don't I don't think so because of the play that was broken down. 
same way which the defense lined up. And from what it looks like, just first glance, it looks like they, they look like they're running man-to-man. But Acho, Acho, right? Acho. So Acho points out like what Cooper Rush saw was that why are these secondary guys, they're supposed to be lined up man-to-man, but they're looking at me. They're looking at the, the ball instead of looking at, like, why is this guy not looking at C.D. Lamb? Why is he not looking at his matchup? What does that mean? They're blitzing. They're going to run. And so, and so that's when he said he saw that he audible to a run, whereas I feel like a Dak Prescott would have been like, uh, I see the blitz, but you know what? Fuck it. Like, I, I just think – I don't think safe is the right word because safe is not giving them credit. Safe is like, like I'm a game manager. Instead of like, no, I'm going to, I know the playbook and I know exactly how to counter this defense that are rushing at me. And this run play is the perfect way to counter this blitz that's coming towards me. Hmm. I would consider that a hot take because you're essentially saying that he plays the offense smarter than Dak does. And that's, that's a, I was- yes, that is, that's essentially what I was saying. I think that's a that's a hot take considering the amount of time that Dak's been around, been around the Cowboys and has been in the organization. I just and be been the starting quarterback. I surprised. I I don't know. I'll have to watch for that. I'll have to watch for that. So regardless, we both have I mean, the Rams winning. Go for it. I was gonna say maybe it's just Dak is a little higher on himself than he should be. You know, maybe it's an ego thing. Like, I feel like it could be a lot of factors that play into that. I mean, it's not saying that Cooper Cooper Cush knows the offense better than Dak. I think it's just more of like Cooper Cush knows his role. He knows his what he can do, and he's just trying to put the offense in the best position for that play. Like, from what he sees, what is the best thing we could do mm. to like get positive yards? Interesting. It's going to be a good matchup, but I think I think we both agree. I think the Rams are just. I think this is a game that they need. They the Rams do, need this want, game. I do want Cooper Cush to win though, uh, because that's going to be if they beat the Rams. If the Cowboys beat the Rams, that's when Monday morning comes around. Should should Cooper Rush be the starter now? Like, should they even bring back Dak? And I'm all for the drama. Okay, I'm gonna look up something right here, but I heard um this is this is an interesting situation. Uh I heard Shannon Sharp. So I do fans, you know that I've I've kind of like ditched Undisputed to a sense, because I mean it's I turn it on, they're talking about LeBron James and what he was wearing, and I'm like, this is TMZ. Um so I've watched a lot of Pat McAfee, but I watched Undisputed the other day and I think Shannon Sharp made a really, really, really interesting comparison, like parallel between this Cooper Cush situation with Dak Prescott. And you remember Brock Osweiler and how well he played with the Broncos. And then he signed that massive contract with the Texans and how he was underwhelming with the Texans. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting thought because I'm trying to remember who it might have been Peyton Manning, I guess, at that time was out and Brock stepped in. 
and yes. played really, really well. I doubt, I doubt there was a quarterback. There might have been some people in the media talking about, oh, you know, maybe Brock should start over Peyton, but I doubt that it was a serious conversation. Um, I don't know if this is a serious conversation, but if you draw the parallels between those two, I'd be really interested to see if Cooper Cush signs a contract with somebody because of the way he played, similarly to how Brock Osweiler signed a contract based on how he played when Peyton was out. And then... I it it just feels like one of those like storybook kind of things that he would go somewhere else and just kind of be under underwhelming, you know? That would just that, I just feel like that's the result or the ending to this story. Now, I would hope that Cooper Cush, I always root for the underdog and I hope that he does well, but I thought that was a really interesting comparison. I don't know if you've thought about that, the Brock Osweiler situation in comparison to this now uh Cowboys situation. What do you think of that? Hey. That's an interesting that I mean, I like it. It's an interesting take. Very uh I would have to to it just because of one. I mean, I remember seeing Brock because you know the signed to a contract. And I do feel like here pause. Here, start start over real quick because I lost you. I lost you there for a little bit. So start over real quick. So, um, I remember Brock Osweiler signing that fat contract with the Texans, uh, uh-huh. unfortunately. Yeah. And, oh, shit. And so, um, now, here's the thing. Here's my opinion on that. I see the comparisons. I feel like, one, I just see more talent out of Cooper, Cooper Cush. Uh, and two... I forgot how tall Brock Osweiler was like six seven. I don't know if you can look it up real quick. Yeah, his I got height. You. It was like six seven, six eight. He was a tall motherfucker. Six seven. Yeah. He was six seven. And so there's I don't know if you know this. There's a there's a it's just one of those things where tall quarterbacks just don't make it in the league. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it's I know it's a thing because it was a it was a big topic point when Osweiler was going through that whole process and after signing with the Texans and whatnot, I remember hearing that. Like, they were like, you know, tall quarterbacks, those 6'7", 6'8", they don't, they, don't, they don't really make it. They don't really do well. Yeah, I was going to say 6'5", six, 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 will have to be probably the cutoff for me because I'm looking, Peyton Manning was 6'5", Big Ben was 6'5". Yeah, I think that's about. Wait, which is kind of funny because you can't be too short. You can't be a yeah. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's too short. Even Baker Mayfield was Baker Mayfield five ten, five eleven. I mean, Russ uh, is five eleven. Russ is five eleven. Like that's Baker's, a little bit. Baker's like, six uh, one, but I doubt he's actually six one. Yeah, it's kind of like you and your six foot thing. Hey, but, that's all right, buddy. <laughs> but. It's 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 one of those things where like you can't be too short, oh you can't be too tall either. Like yeah, damn. And now they're probably gonna be like after Pickett, like after Penny Pickett, they're probably gonna be like ah oh, your hand size is too small. You know what I'm saying? Because oh you ain't gonna work out in the NFL. The hand size thing is a whole different ball game. I think it's just incredibly silly, but. That is an interesting point because you're right. I I was just kind of sifting through a lot of these quarterbacks. And I mean, 
it's six five is the cutoff. I mean, Matt Ryan six four. Now I know Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan, and we're not going to talk about him after yesterday. But um, a lot of these quarterbacks, man, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. In the range, looks like six two to six five is that that Hall of Fame range. Yes, there we go. That's what I like to hear. Hall of Fame range. That's what we like to hear. The Hall of Fame range. Um. So yeah, I hope I hope Cooper Cush. Uh, I hope he signs a fat contract and he smokes all the weed he wants. I hope he gets a huge nil. Well, I guess it wouldn't be nil anymore. A huge just sponsorship from a marijuana farm that would be dope. Uh, because I've picked up calling him Cooper Cush and I love calling him that. He's not Cooper Rush anymore. Cooper Cush. Um, let's talk about a couple others on here. I'm trying to draw some comparisons. You've got the San Francisco 49ers beating the Carolina Panthers and you got 13 points of confidence on that. Now I've got the same pick, but I've only got seven points. I have been on here for multiple week now, weeks now saying the Carolina Panthers are the shittiest team in the NFL. Uh, but I'm not 13 points worth of confidence. Where are you getting that confidence from, from the 49ers? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 Those are just this. This is I feel you though because sometimes it's like you don't know, but you're like, okay, I'm willing to wager like 13 points. I'm willing to wager that 13 points because I I just I just kind of have a feeling that the 49ers are going to win, and I'm willing to bet 13 points on it, right? Because it's almost gambling with your points. You see, what I mean, like you're you're you're. So I like it. I like the thought process. <laughs> so I know my thought process in this one. I was just like. These games were a little bit more, they weren't as unpredictable as they were last week. Because last week was kind of like, when you look at it just on paper, dude, this is tough. Um, So on this one, I feel like I go with a different, freaking something different every week. God, this 18 layer just cut me off, dude, really? Oh, no. Glad you're not a road rage person. How hilarious would that be if we just had in it like just cuts in of you just screaming at another person on the road? I quality podcast content. He put the turn signal on, but I was hoping like there was a decent amount of distance between me and the car in front of me, but I was trying to like hurry up and close it so that way he wouldn't try to cut me off. But he, I guess I left enough distance and he said, fuck it. But, you know, I'm a CDL driver too, so fuck it. That happens. Um, but, but here you go. Uh, go for it. Back to my reasoning for this confidence poll this week. Um, I felt like after doing this for a couple weeks, I felt like I had a good idea of who, what, of who you and Alejandro were picking. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And so I kind of went wild and out with like the more higher numbers to where it could be more to like, it'll swing more in my favor if the team I think is going to win wins, if that makes sense. Kind of like, for example, last week, last week we had the Bengals and Dolphins. Yep. I, I picked the Bengals, but I only put them for one point. Now, if I would have put 16, 15, 14, some double-digit number points on that, that would have really swung in my favor, especially with Alejandro picking 
Miami with 16 points. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the kind of thought process I had. I was like, all right, I know who I kind of have a good idea of like who they're going to pick. The, the thing is, it's hard because I need to see, I need to see what I picked hear what I picked. And then I'll be like, Oh yeah. So that was my reasoning behind this. I mean, the 49ers over the Panthers. I mean, I just felt like that was like, I mean, I think the 49ers are the better team. They're coming off a good Monday night football win against the Rams. Panthers suck. Um, I just don't know. what I mean, mainly the Panthers suck. That's my thing. So it's not, I heard an interesting stat this morning and I just confirmed it. I want to run this past you. So Total QBR. Now, however much weight two fans you put on QBR, I don't put a ton of weight on it, but I think it's all statistics mean something. Um, can you guess Baker Mayfield's QBR? And I'll tell you whatever you're going to guess, it's going to be lower. 47? 15. Baker Mayfield is ranked 31st in total QBR across all the NFL. That is lower than Justin Fields, 22, Joe Flacco, 27, Davis Mills, 29, Jameis Winston, 32, Daniel Jones, 35. Baker Mayfield is at 15. Now, I don't understand the total, you know, what goes into the math here, but that's seven points behind number 30, Justin Fields, at 22.7, almost eight points behind him. That's a big jump. The rest of these... I mean, they're five, two, three, four point difference between them. Baker is well behind. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa is number one on this list, and Patty is number two. Tua is at 81.8. Baker Mayfield is at 15.1. That's how horrible he is. And it's not like I, I, I agree with you, man. I was, I was riding the hopeful Baker Mayfield train, I guess you could call it, going into the season. But you said it best, I think, week one or week two. Like, we know what he is. Like, he's just he's just mediocre. Like, he's just... He's, and he's not even mediocre by this statistic. He's the worst quarterback in the league. He's worse than Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco is horrific. He had one good postseason. And he's, like, the definition of a game manager, in my opinion. So... I, what do you think of that? 15.1 on the QBR. That's the, that's the reason why I'm picking every single time against the, the Panthers. Cause the quarterback, man, God, they are, who we thought they were. That's right. And like I said, I, I just, I remember week one, just wa watching the Panthers game. And I was like, dude, Baker is Baker. I mean, yep. the only reason he's has a starting job in the NFL right now is because he had one, good season a couple years ago which mm -hmm. who knows how far i'm curious to see how far that's gonna ride him that one season because i know he's not he's not gonna have a season like that ever again he won't it was the playoff win at the end of that season that pittsburgh steelers playoff win if he doesn't win that game i don't think he gets this job or he's not in the nfl at this point he might he might be a backup but that I, I pittsburgh mean, steelers win was that. huge for him i wouldn't say that Totally, just because that whole year he played pretty good. But that was a that was a really good Browns team. Baker actually played really good, um, and that's what everybody like since it was like his second or third year. That's what everybody thought. Okay, 
now he, he's developed. He's coming into his own. This is what we should expect year from year. Just kind of minor, like just touch ups and minor improvement. Just keep going up every year. Mm. When reality is like, nah, bro, that dude peaked. He's going down. So just because we only have four weeks, here is the week by week for his QBR. Week one, 35.5, okay? Week two, 14.9, okay? Week three, 11.3. Last week, 7.2. Now, keep this, in, keep this in mind because Russell Wilson last night and how horrible he played two interceptions, that one crucial interception at the end of the game that could have put them in a position to win. 15.9. Now remember his Baker's season, not 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 this week, his season is 15.1. And we watched Russ last night try and cook. Or oh, that man, that man didn't cook shit. That man left everything raw. That was nasty, nasty food he was cooking yesterday. 15.9. <laughs> Baker's is 15.1. So however much weight you put on that, I just wanted to highlight that because I do hate on Baker Mayfield. And I don't hate him as a person. I don't hate, you know, the way he plays. I just I, I root for him. I'm just a realist when you are the 31st ranked QBR and you have four touchdowns and three interceptions and you're trying to sign get a new contract, you're trying to find a new spot and the Browns kicked you out and you're trying to prove them wrong and this and that, not doing yourself any favors with a 15.1 QBR. That's that's horrific. That's horrible. 7.2 last week. That's single-digit QBR. Russ cooking sushi. Russ sushi. That's what he's cooking. Yeah, um, bro. That Broncos so, team, absolutely atrocious. And I saw this video. I forgot. It was a TikTok. I don't know if somebody, if it was just a TikToker or like somebody actually, like with football status, did it. I can't remember. But they were pointing out to like how, you know, you got to understand there's a Broncos team led by Russell Wilson, who's one of the Corniest people alive. I mean, we corny, bro. We we see a day with day. Like literally, that uh, TikTok of him. Like, uh, what what do I care about the faith and like whatever TikTok? I don't know if you've seen it or not. Mm. Um, it just it, it makes me cringe every single time I like pass through it. Sometimes I I keep watching it. There are certain times I keep watching it on the loop because I'm like trying to understand like. I, what was his thought process with this? Why, why did he do this? Like, I need to understand because, I, like, you just can't. Like, how do you just be this corny, intent, like, unintentionally? How do you um, be this corny? And so, and he was pointing that out, and then the guy pointed out Hackett too, and how Hackett is very like, he's very corny as well. And he's essentially saying, how are you going to have two corny people lead a team full of, like, just the most, like, testosterone, like, high-powered, talented athletes that are, like, you know, you you saw A.J. Hamler, like, freaking slamming his helmet in frustration at the end. Um, Like, you got alpha males, like, guys that want to go out there and, like, hit some heads and, like, be pumped. They're pumped, adrenaline flowing, and you got two of the corniest dudes in the league leading them. Now just like, damn, that's a good point. He's almost like a movie character at this point because you saw the presser after the game yesterday was like Broncos country. Let's ride. It's like, okay, in the preseason it was cool, but now it's like, man, you can't put up the performance 
that you put up last night and then act like, oh yeah, Broncos country. Let's like, no, dude, they don't want you there anymore at this point. If that's the way you're going to perform, like they're not going to ride with you, dude. They're going to, they're going to sit on the bench and they're going to wait for the next person or the next bus to ride. I mean, come on. So the fact that he's still like doing said, that is, is uncomfortable. Like I said, I would have, I mean, I would have fired Hackett like after week one. I think after four weeks, I, I, I just, I mean, I don't know why he's not fired yet. You know, you, yeah, you did win two games, but barely, barely against like barely. mediocre teams. You beat the Texans, like, woohoo, barely. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would have fired Hackett a long time ago. But, um, random question who are the Ravens playing? So this is actually one that I wanted to highlight. There's a couple of them that I wanted to uh, because a lot of these we have the same. It's just point differentials. The Bengals and the Ravens are going to play. That's the Sunday night game. Very excited for that. Both two and two. You have the Bengals winning and you have six points on that game. I've got the Ravens winning. I've got one point. Um, This is just one of those games. It's a primetime game that I'm just not like, uh, uh, uh. This is one of those where I was like, I feel like they're going to pick the Ravens. And I mean, I know I didn't put, I only put six points on it, but I was like, I got to put some points on this. It's like the Bengals can easily win. And I need to put a little bit of points on this one to swing, swing the numbers my way. Yeah. It's a divisional matchup Sunday night game. Um, Looks like everybody, I mean, just about everybody. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> Big sneeze. Bless Sorry. You. Thank you. Uh, it looks you. like everybody Wait. is uh, is healthy uh, for the most part. So this is just one of those ones where I played the strategy. And I was like, man, I'm just going to put up one point on this because I don't I don't want to risk more than one point on on something that doesn't feel like I have a strong pull one way or the other. You know, I just thought of what's kind of funny is like it's I kind of thought of it as if like uh, the electoral college, you know, there's certain states like, man, I I don't care about this state, like whatever It's like those swing states, those big ones. It's like some of these games are swing games. Oh, yeah. I got to put a little bit more points into those swing games, even though I'm probably not as confident as a game that, you know, everybody knows. Like we're all predicting the same way, same to the same time. Um, but yeah, I think the Bengals. That that one's gonna be that one's gonna be a good game. Just the, yeah, like you said, divisional matchup. Uh, fun fact: Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They are two and two, correct? And yes, they've only they've only been losing for fourteen seconds this whole season. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that stat. That's crazy. Yep. That is wild. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. That'll be a good one. Another one that you and I differ on here. I'm kind of surprised by this. I guess the uh, the New York Jets gritty monster Zach Wilson really had an influence on you because you picked them over the Miami Dolphins. Your Miami Dolphins this week. Uh, the two and two Jets. I believe they're at home for this game. Um, yep. Let me double check here. 
Yep, they are at home versus the Dolphins. Uh, and you have the Jets for 12 points. I have the Dolphins for eight. What is your logic here? I like Teddy Bridgewater another, in this game. An, an, another one. This is like the perfect example of like, I knew y'all were going to ride Dolphins and be decently confident on it. In my head, I'm like, you know, we've never really seen it's just weird. We've never seen the, the Jets playing decent. Um, like you said, the gritty monster, Zach Wilson, the MILF monster, he's back. The MILF gladiator. MILF gladiator. Um, he's back. And I, I don't know. With, with, with Tua, obviously, if Tua was in, this is a different story. But with Tua being out, not that I don't have faith in Teddy Bridgewater, but I just. You know, I just you've got of, more uh, faith in the New York Jets than you do Teddy Bridgewater in this matchup. Well, or are you just picking purely against I, me, just hoping? Well, I think the Jets are playing a little better. I need to actually watch them, which I probably <laughs> will. I probably will this weekend since they're like, you know, they're they're actually doing some good. I haven't actually like sat down and watched them because I'm just like it's the Jets, like. Why do I need to watch the Jets? I already know the Jets. They suck. They always suck, always will have. But they're not sucking that bad now, so I'll, I actually have to sit down and watch them to see what they're about. But it's a divisional matchup. Like I said, you can't automatically count them out. Your st- uh, Dolphins' starting quarterback is out. Um, who knows what the chemistry is like between like Teddy Bridgewater, Tyreek Hill, and all of them. And... Yeah, I knew y'all were going to ride Dolphins at least for a decent amount of points. And I was like, you know what? I, I, it wouldn't be beyond me if the Jets won, especially <laughs> them, playing at, them playing at home. I'm like, okay, 12 points, Jets, let's go. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Hmm. I don't know if I'm riding that train with you. I'm not picking the Jets. I won't pick the Jets this year against a team that I think is going to be a playoff team. I just, I don't I don't know. I think the Dolphins have a shot at making the playoffs. Uh, and I'm not going to pick the Jets over the Dolphins if I believe the, Jets, the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. So, I don't know your logic there. I don't, clearly, you know, you're, you're out there doing your thing. But you'll get 12 points if the Jets win. That'd be a big swing for yep. you. Um, I finally picked the Eagles. I noticed that. So you've got the Eagles over the Cardinals, 11 points. I also have the Eagles, but I only have nine points on this one. So like I said, this is, we went over the Eagles schedule earlier and I feel confident in this game, um, but not as confident as I will in the following five weeks uh, leading up to the Packers. So this is one that I really, I'm going to be kicking myself because I wanted to give my, I wanted to give them like seven or even six points of confidence this week but because i'm a fan i upped that to nine points uh for the eagles so nine of 16 that's pretty large stake for me i don't hate the cardinals in this matchup they are at home uh there is a lot of pressure in philly for this game this is this is a game uh i believe you call it a trap game i call it kind of like this is this is one of the gates you have to pass through so once you pass through this gate and you get to five and oh i believe you can get to ten and oh like we just went over the schedule uh, up until the Packers, I think it's smooth sailing. This is the only bump in the road, the only gate you have to pass through. So I'm going to 
feel pretty good. Nine points worth of confidence that the Eagles are going to win. Um, would not, similarly to your Jets pick, would not be surprised if the Cardinals sneak out with a win somehow. Nothing? No no remarks for for my Eagles? Sorry. It, it, I was like, it was kind of going robotic, so I was waiting for it to like kind of get it together and clear up mm. before I start talking. But um, honestly, if it wasn't for the Eagles fucking me these past few weeks on the pool, I probably would have went to the Cardinals because I was like, this is a classic trap game. You know, you got the Eagles. Mm. Uh, what are they, 4-0? 4-0, yep. They're 4-0, riding high. They beat, just beat a good Jaguars team. I, I, I just feel like it's kind of like a it's a classic trap. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it could be a trap game. Why did you pick the Eagles then, huh? You just wanted to pick the Eagles for because what reason? I, I, was, I, was tired, I was tired of them screwing me. On, on the, oh, okay. I was like, I, I refuse. Like, if I'm going to lose on the pool this week, I refuse for it once again. Ooh, the Tennessee River it looks nice. <laughs> you're gonna refuse it was on the backs of the eagles essentially yeah you kind of went a little robotic so there me, but i think i got what you're saying nice damn that tennessee river is fucking us right now <laughs> right can you Check, check. I check got you one, now. Two. That yeah, that, that, that Tennessee River <laughs> fucked us. Right when you, whenever you said that, right after that, it was like, but, 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 but. So, try it again. No way. Oh. I've been doing these. Podcast, yeah, I've been doing these podcasts for 350 episodes with you. Plus, now I can guarantee, I can guess what you're going to say. You're going to refuse to lose because the Eagles won. <laughs> yes, three straight weeks. Okay, three there we go. Weeks. There we go. Now I got you clear. I wasn't going to do it. Anymore. I lose because just putting 12 points on the Jets. So be it. I was tired of these Eagles fucking me. Right, so I just didn't. I didn't want. Okay. Okay. A um, couple other noticeable uh, differences between us. The rest of our matchups. So the only ones we differ on this week are going to be the uh, Jets Miami game, which we went over, the Bengals Ravens game, which we went over. Uh, and that's it. Everything else we are the same on, I believe. Yep. Uh, the big differences, though, points wise. What was that? <laughs> Damn, you are going through a dead spot right now, my guy. Real bad. Oh, I got you now. Maybe, maybe a little bit. Try again. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, try it again. One more time. Check, 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 one, two. Okay. Check, 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 check. Yeah, go for it. What were you going to say? We only differ on those couple yeah. matchups is what I was saying. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, I really wanted to pick the Raiders over the Chiefs. But then I saw, you got I saw a stat. You points. I saw a stat where 
Mahomes has only lost to the Chiefs once. And I was like, the Raiders, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs is only Mahomes has only lost to the Raiders once. Like, yeah, nah, I'm going with the Chiefs. That makes me want to pick the Raiders, but I also picked the Chiefs. I got 13 points on that. You got seven. Uh, the other big difference is a couple. There's one or two more I want to highlight. So you have the Minnesota Kirk Cousins Vikings beating the Chicago Bears. Kirk Cousins Vikings are three and one, uh, and the Chicago Bears are two and two. You have one point of confidence. I have 11 points of confidence that the Vikings will beat the Bears. You just. It's not prime time, bro. Where's your confidence at? What's what's going on? Uh, I just feel like the Vikings typically lose these kind of games every now and then. And okay. I I just rather I just rather had put my points elsewhere. Mm. Um, okay, strategic pick. I like that. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those like mm, Vikings. I know it's not prime time, but. You know, they do have these games every now and then against the Chicago Bears, whoever, and they kind of just drop them. And you're just like, what the hell, Vikings? Like, divisional game, too, another divisional game. So, you know, I'm trying not to put too much of these points into divisional matchups. Unless I see it going the other way, unless I'm going for an underdog. Hmm. I, uh, next, next week I'll probably change my formula. I uh I bet big on the Vikings this week. Uh there's a couple teams that if you want my strategy, I will gladly share it with you. There's a couple teams I just have kind of a automatic, okay, who are they playing? How many points? Like what's the spread? Where are they playing? Who's injured? And if there's nobody injured and they're playing at home, or I guess if the team I'm looking at, if they're playing away and they're playing a team that has no injuries, I'm going to pick against them. That's the Bears is one of those teams. So the Bears are away. Vikings have no injury. Spread is seven and a half points. So I put a lot of points on the Vikings because I just don't think the Bears are really going to be much of a contender. And we're starting to get into... I mean, they're two and two. So this is when we start to see this separation from the 500, the plus 500 teams and the lower 500 teams. Uh, we're get, we're going to get more in like week five, six, seven, eight. We'll start to see some two and five teams, some three and four teams, things like that. I, I imagine the Bears are going to be one of those two and five, three and four teams. And this is going to be a matchup they lose. So I put 11 points on the Vikings. Another one of those teams that I'm pretty big on, and it looks like you're big on as well. Houston Texans. Now, I think this is a semi-trap game for the Jags, but because they lost last week, I put 12 points on the fact that the, that I think the Jags are going to win. You put 10 on the Jags winning just because I think the Jags want this game because of last week. They want it more. And they're at home playing a Houston Texans team that is just not good. Uh, you know, First-year head coach, quarterback still getting their footing. Um, I'm not going to preach much more about the Texans because I don't know much more. And we have regulars on here that know a lot more about the Texans. I'll just tell you right now, they're 0-3-1 and they haven't impressed me one bit. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have impressed me enough for me to put 12 points on them. Um, You have any comments on the Texans game? The Texans-Jaguars game? You got 10 points for the Jags. If the Texans were playing at home, I would have put 10 points on them. 
I actually but, agree with you on that because I was very skeptical or I was very uh, slow to put 12 points for the Jags on this one or, or double digit points because it's not crazy. There's not really many injuries in this game to factor. The spread is seven in favor of the Jags. But I just think that loss to the Eagles last week was just painful for them. And they're just going to come out a little bit hotter. And the Houston Texans, 0-3, 0-4. Like, you know, what's really the difference at this point, in my opinion? It's minor difference. 0-4-1, I should say, because they did tie. But also, also for me, I'm just like, the, um, the Texans have to get a win eventually. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's why I say this is, might be a trap game because, mm. you know, Jags coming off that loss, you know, confidence isn't so high. Texans really might come out a force to be reckoned with because they're, they, they want to get on the, the winning side of the, of the scoreboard. Tired of losing. It's like, it's one of those things, but like I said, the, if they were playing at home, would have done it. But they're on the road, so I was like, eh. I expect Texans next week. Um, they play the Raiders in Las Vegas. Raiders this week are going to... See, this, this is Wait. really interesting here because if the Wait, Raiders... You're telling me the Texans are playing playing the Raiders next week in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. In Las Vegas. Why did we never? Why? Why did nobody discover this sooner? Oh my God! Uh, it's, yeah, it's th- flames. I mean, we can we can look at seats. There's seats for 180 bucks. I mean, change some flights I mean, around. <laughs> Man, I can't believe that. Central time. Damn, I can't we believe can do that. that. So, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. We might, we might end up at a, at a Allegiant Stadium game. I think that's the name of their stadium. Um, Dude, the stadium is nice. It's nice. I bet. I haven't been inside, but so, outside it looks nice. This is kind of interesting because we have the Monday night game coming up. For this week, week five, Chiefs and Raiders. If the Raiders win this game on Monday night, I am 100% picking the Texans next week. No questions asked. If the Raiders lose on Monday night, which we both picked, then I think the Raiders will well, win next week. Sorry. Huh? No, it's because I, I kind of like hit my brakes and then like Tilly in the back uh, in her bed, like kind Talking to the pub, I see. So we'll uh, Um, we'll keep an eye on that though. That'll be that'll be an interesting matchup. I think next week Um, could be the first win for the Texans. I don't think it'll be this week though. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars and you agree with me um, are going to win this week. I think it's I don't think it's a trap game. I'm I'm a big believer in last week's performance motivates you or you come off flat. Um, either way, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars this week will, uh, will win this game against the Texans at home. So it seems, seems pretty easy to me, uh, noon central time for that game. Um, 
Let's see. Is there any others that might have been some big differences? We both have the Titans low points over the Washington Commanders. You've got four points on the Titans. One, I've got two. Um, and that looks like about it. I mean, the big you got two points on the Saints winning over the Seahawks. I've got five. We both have the Lions winning over the Pats. I think that's a pretty easy pick. Uh, both one and three. Uh, without Mac Jones, I think the Pats are just. I mean, they were already lost with the play calling and and all the just disorganization going on within the organization. Uh, I don't think the Mac Jones injury helps that situation. So I, I picked the Lions and not sure where you fall in that camp, but you're at three points Lions favored. I'm at four points Lions. Um, Chargers, we both have the Chargers. We both got high points on that. I got 10 points on the Chargers winning. You got nine points on the Chargers winning. And that wraps up just about all of our picks. Is there anything you wanted to highlight other than that? I wanted to say something that's very sure. That, that's very that's very interesting. Because I've been Okay. Obviously TikTok, I've gone on the sports gambling side of TikTok. And so you know, I, I, I've been seeing all these videos of these guys that, you know, they they do this shit. Like, they analyze that shit, like, to the T. And it's kind of interesting to see how they, how they bet, not because, oh, I think the Titans are so much better than the Commanders. Of course they're going to win. But it's kind of like, so I saw one for the Thursday night game last night, right? So... The guy was explaining, you know, they didn't announce John, Jonathan Taylor was out until, I think, was it earlier yesterday or maybe on Wednesday? But uh, the line, when, when they announced that Jonathan Taylor was out and not playing, the, line, the lines for the game didn't move at all. So, mm. so the guy was explaining, you see... Vegas knows, like, they, they, they know before anybody else knows. And he was just explaining, like, that's one of the things that, you know, some people probably were like, oh, you know, Jonathan Taylor's out. Like, bet, let me go grab, let me go grab the Broncos, like, plus three and a half. Because, you know, they don't have John, before they, before they move the lines or whatever and make it a, uh, Broncos minus three and a half before they move it to something more larger, like minus six and a half or something, because Jonathan Taylor's out. But they never moved it because they knew mm. who Jonathan Taylor was going to play. It's either they knew Jonathan mm. Taylor was going to play, or they don't think he's that much of an impact to where they needed to change the spread. Mm. And and I saw another video where some dude. It wasn't specifically the Thursday night game. But he was talking about how you can tell. So obviously there's a sharp betters. I don't know if, if you don't know what that means. Sharp betters are like there's specific people that these like MGM, these sports books, they know they win a lot. So they know what the hell they're doing. And they kind of adjust the lines based off of what they're doing so let's just say alex declare you are like freaking on fire you hit at a 70 percent rate they're gonna they're gonna know keep track of what you're doing and if you're betting the the freaking colts plus three and a half 
they're moving that line. They're shifting it because they're like, oh shit, like we need to move this line because this, these specific betters that we're keeping track of bet this way. So we need to make it more, the odds more better in our favor. So one guy was explaining how essentially, if you take last night's, for example, you got Broncos minus three and a half, Colts plus three and a half. You see 80% of the money, for example, is going towards Broncos minus three and a half. But for some reason, they're shifting the line closer. They're making the spread closer. That's that, that gives them a signal like ding, ding, ding. The Sharps, the Sharps are betting the Colts plus three and a half. Mm. And to offset that, they're making it, they're closing in the line. So now it's like plus two, plus one, plus two and a half, plus one and a half, whatever. And I was just like, damn, this is like too, too, like, these dudes are like in this shit. Like, cause they're, they're essentially saying like, they're taking the clues that Vegas is giving them to use all right this is where this is where we should put the money in because Vegas is leaning us in one direction because they know something because they, they they just know everything they just know the house always wins we know house always wins so it was just it was just interesting I was like damn I'm like get deeper and deeper into into sports gambling so it's funny too yeah, that's uh that's interesting. Um I wanted to talk a couple random things before letting you go just cuz I'm curious your opinion. So, let's stick with football. Um first, what we are the Alabama Crimson Tide is favored by 24 points. And uh it's not looking good for the Aggies. Let me give you some numbers here. Our total yards, 335. There's 525, 200-yard difference. Yards allowed, ours is 360. Theirs is 230, 130-yard difference. It's not looking good. It's not looking good this weekend. So what are, you, what are your feelings? I know we, uh, we've been seeing the memes going around that last year we lost to Mississippi State, and the next week you know, we beat Alabama and yada, yada, and I don't know, or I think it was two weeks last year, but regardless, we're same setting, point. We got them. We got them right where we want them. Whatever. According but, to the ESPN matchup prediction, we have a three point eight percent chance to win. I like those odds. Right. I forgot what the the money line for the A and M. I forgot what it was. Thirty five hundred. Plus thirty five hundred. Yep. Oh, sorry. Plus uh, plus thirteen fifty. Well, I want Tennessee because my dumbass will probably be like, you know what? Right before game time, be fuck it. We're not gonna lose by twenty four points. Bam, take A and M plus twenty four, and then we get blown out by like fifty. But um, Texas A and M will lose. I, I understand we beat we beat them last year, and it was. Kinda similar circumstances, not exactly, but kinda. Um, but Alabama's a different beast now. Like, when was the last time 
seen Alabama get upset at home. Typically, when Alabama gets upset, they're the road team. Um, they usually play very well at home. Very, very well. Um, yeah, there's there's no hope for AM. Jimbo. Jimbo kind of needs to get out of his own way. Um, you know, we, we all heard it a lot. I mean, I guess we haven't really talked too much Aggies on here. Um, but the offense just needs we, – we need something new. I'm not saying that get rid of Jimbo or anything, but he needs to bring in a, a fresh offensive coordinator – I, I mean, you know, there's rumblings of Joe Brady and whatnot. Um, we, like, I don't, I don't know, this offense is just fucking stagnant. The quarterbacks suck. I'm really hoping they put in the, the freshman, Connor Wayman. I really hope they put him in because, you know, fuck it, might as well. Like, I don't know. What I, hope they, I hope they do something, man. Like it's just it, 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 you gotta change something up. I I don't know what it is. The problem is our defense isn't as good as it was last year, and so last year we got saved a lot by our defense um, because of how good they were. That's not the case this year. Which now I think it's really start. We're really starting to see like, damn, like kind of miss Mike Elko. Especially when you see uh, the defense just rush three all game against Mississippi State, thinking that was going to work. Yeah, but the main thing is this offense, man. This offense is piss poor, absolute, just garbage, garbage. Um, And we're we're way too talented to have a shitty offense like this. Like if it wasn't for a chain. Oh my goodness! I don't even know, bro. Alabama since two thousand seven is ninety five and eight at home. The last times, last five times, it looks like they they lost at home. Twenty nineteen LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. Twenty fifteen Ole Miss quarterback Chad Kelly. And they beat him 43-37. 2012, Texas A&M, Johnny Menzel. 2011, it was billed the game of the century, LSU. And then 2010, Auburn, which is the uh, the Cam Newton game. I think that's the, uh, is that not the game that Auburn's going to win the football game? I'm not sure. I don't think that's that game. Oh, uh, oh yeah. No, no, that was, in, that was in Auburn. So that was, no, in, that was in Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Um, the... the- the kickoff, the, the field goal. Yeah, yep, the damn. field goal that was short. Uh, so you got 2019, 2015, 2012, 2011, and 2010. So, um, and all of them have, you know, quarterbacks that we all remember. I don't expect this to be much of a game at all. I expect us to get absolutely crushed. Uh, this is going to be demoralizing and it's going to send us basically into the offseason. We're just not even, I mean, we're going to play in another shit bowl against. Wake Forest again, or some nonsense like that. If, um, if we even if we even get a bowl, that's true. If we even get a bowl game, Jesus! Like I was watching a uh, Paul Feinbaum, and they were talking about A and M's 
schedule after Alabama, and they're just like, I mean, I, I could maybe they might win like three games just looking on paper. I'm like, he was like, they I might give them three games. South Carolina, maybe. Ole Miss, who's currently ranked nine, Florida, and then at Auburn, uh, UMass, and then LSU at home. So, like, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. For how we're playing right now, that is rough. That Appalachian State win, or I mean, uh, that loss. I mean, we, um, man. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, though. Our offense stagnant is um, undercutting it. To be honest, we are. It's miserable to watch. It is it is truly miserable to watch. Right. Um, but this is what we do have going for us. Two thousand two. I forgot who we upset. We upset somebody in 2002. 2012, Johnny Manziel beat Alabama in Alabama. 2022. Number one, Oklahoma in 2002. Yep. So, you know, tradition must continue, right? You know what I mean? I hope so, man. I hope so. That would be, that would be neat if we ended up winning. I... The only thing I hope for is if we win, it's not on the backs of our defense in a chain that like we get some we get some progress on offense, man. Like we get we get a little bit of hope on offense oh, because if it, it's on the backs of the defense in a chain. I will if it's a win, I will take it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But um, realistically, to beat to beat an Alabama team, it, it can't be like that. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to have like an Evan Stewart. You're gonna have to have a Connor Weeman, you know, come in and fucking play lights out. Which I really hope. I didn't even realize Max Johnson was injured. Like he's out for a little while. Um, broke his hand. So mm. now I'm really like putting the freshman, please. Like, his Haynes King is like. I mean, we saw him pl- the way he played against App State. Even freaking Sam Houston, it, it wasn't that good. It wasn't good at all. And so what what makes us think that he's going to perform even remotely decent against Alabama, in Alabama? You can hope, you can pray, but the tide will roll, unfortunately. So... I mean, I, I don't expect us to win. If we win, we win. I just hope that you know we can we can carry it into something this season. I, I think our hopes of making the playoff are over. I think our hopes are making of making a decent bowl are still alive. Um, but you know, I think it would require some serious wins down the stretch. So, last thing I wanted to get your opinion on. Um, it's probably the biggest news in sports right now. If you turned on the TV, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's Draymond Green uh, just throwing haymakers of- at Jordan Bull in uh, Warriors practice, man. Did you you saw the video, right? I actually have not seen the video. Oh. I've, I've heard of the incident, but I don't know what happened. Okay. I didn't see the haymakers that were thrown. Let me um, let me send this to you. Thought, and if, if you can safely watch it while you're driving, this is something you need to watch. I put it in the basketball chat, so see if you can find it. I can also send it directly to you, but it's just a little 30-second video. Um, 
while you're pulling that up and hopefully doing it safely and while you're driving, uh, essentially what happened is there is no sound to this video. At least I don't. Yeah, there's no sound of this video. I haven't heard any sound. It doesn't look like it is on the TMZ. It's got 775, 73,000 views, and it was posted today. Uh, it's pretty wild, uh, considering it's 1.30. So it, what happened, basically, is Draymond Green just kind of walked up into Jordan Poole's grill and was bumping chest with him for maybe half a second, a second, just kind of doing classic basketball bullshit where you're trying to assert dominance. Jordan Poole, because it's their teammates, shoves him off. Draymond gives it maybe half a second. You can see almost in the video, if you think about it, like his brain was like, what are the consequences for doing this? And you can see him like push the fuck it button. And he does this like flying punch hook right hander. It's nasty. I mean, he he makes direct contact with this face. And I can tell you right now, Bob Myers is the owner of the uh, the Warriors, I believe. Owner G- uh, GM, one of the two yeah. GM, uh, is conducting a <laughs> investigation to figure out who the hell released this video. Uh, but yeah, I'll just be walking through it. I don't know if you've gotten the opportunity to watch it, but he just kind of strolls up and bumps chest them. Jordan throws you know throws him off, and Draymond within half a second just kind of it's really weird. His punching form is terrible. First of all, I think it's just it's awful. He kind of like. He, he like jumps forward and throws a right hand at Jordan Poole. Um, that's besides the point. Draymond Green pushed KD out of the building when they started, you know, beefing and things were going well. Now Draymond is throwing punches at Jordan Poole, who was a became a budding uh, role player, star role player, uh, possibly a, a starter. Um, man, dude. What? what do you make of this? I mean, Draymond being Draymond, or I mean, at what point do we kind of say, "Hey, man, like you're not you're not helping your team by throwing punches at the younger players"? Yeah. Um, did you get well, a chance to watch it while during my soliloquy there, or did you not? There's no way right now. Okay, uh, that's cool. So, I don't know, man. I'm really curious as to what Jordan Poole could have said or done to make Draymond that angry. I mean, we've never even seen Draymond throw hands on the court, so it's kind of... Uh, uh, he's gotten close. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, nut nut kicks and whatnot, but yeah, never any, uh, like, hooks or jabs or anything. Um, I heard... I, I, the video unless it you said it just came out today got leaked today yeah yeah october 7th yeah somebody's in trouble but honestly when you started when you introduced this topic and you said is the biggest news blah 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 i really thought you were talking about tom brady and uh, giselle we can talk about that too. I don't have much of an opinion until it starts getting more official. Uh, a couple of tweets that are really funny with this Draymond thing. It's just really one. Uh, Trey Young tweeted, Draymond is trying to get to LA. Damn. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, Trey Young said that? Yeah, Trey Young tweeted that. That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, very funny. So, you know, hey, two fans. 
go follow who's a good follow now that been popping up on my timeline. Uh, freak, what's his name? Uh, Robert Griffin, third. Robert Griffin, third. RG three. RG three. He is. He has been funny. Like he said some stuff about I forgot what I forgot what he said about his tweets regarding last night's game. Oh, he said something about he wouldn't mind a. Almost had the honk at this game, but he said he wouldn't mind uh, Joe, uh, Aaron Judge at bat interruption during <laughs> like last night's Broncos game. Yeah, I'm like reading through. He is. Uh, he was not happy. Happy with this at all. This is funny. And there, there were some other times he was throwing. He was throwing some jabs, which is pretty funny. Oh, at this point, an Aaron Judge cut in would be more exciting than this game. Russ can't cook if they don't give him time to find the ingredients. <laughs> we deserve a free month of Amazon Prime for watching this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. He's he was like, shitting on it. And it's funny because they're all just like one-liners. He just hits you with the one-liner, just like. But he's a great follow uh, as of recent. He's a uh, great guy. I love RG three. RG three's the bomb. But yeah, Tom Brady, Giselle, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm hoping it's it's false. My boy Brady, I really hope Brady, my boy Brady didn't really come back to be mediocre and lose his wife, his supermodel wife. This is, this is a real discussion, thing, man. Like this is the thing. The, the thing is my man, my man's here has taken dubs. He is, he is literally, you go look up winning in the dictionary and it just says Tom Brady. Cause that's what this man has done essentially ever since he got to the NFL. I mean, you couldn't write a a movie if you if you made Tom Brady's life into a movie, you couldn't sell it because it was like, bro, it's like too it's too perfect. Yeah, it's unrealistic. It's it's, uh, it's not realistic. Like, no way somebody could win seven Super Bowls and marry a supermodel and whatnot and all this stuff after being drafted one ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like it, it, no, it's it's too perfect and. Now, if this is true, if this is actually happening, my man's might be taking the biggest L because football, football's temporary. That shit's forever. Amen. So I, really hope, I really hope it's wrong. There's I a, really there's hope a whole. Swimmers. Yeah. I hate this, man. I hate, I hate people speculating on this. I hate. The people reporting it. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's different when it comes to like marriages and kids and things like that, man. When you start reporting on like, you know, she's not wearing her wedding ring or she's not doing this or, you know, he said this or. The good good thing is, at least for me, what I've seen, I don't know what you've seen exactly. The only thing I've seen regarding that whole situation of a possible divorce, I've seen the same tweet slash new article slash clickbait article 
at, at ever since it first came out, that's the only one I've seen. I haven't seen any other like kind of article or any kind of, even a clickbait kind of article. It's all been the same one I've seen. So that gives me hope that like, okay, hopefully this is just like really like a rumor and somebody is just trying to get some clicks onto this website. Yeah, it's kind of a soft spot for me. I mean, coming from a house of divorce, it's um, it's not something that like I really enjoy reading about. And you're right, like when you when you think back on this past, like since the Super Bowl or since when he retired, which was the week before the Super Bowl, I believe, and really bizarre time to retire. You know, didn't take much time to think about it. Really, kind of shit on Big Ben's retirement, which was really funny. Really, really funny. I just overshadowed Big Ben's retirement because nobody remembers that he retired like, you know, what, a week before Tom Brady did or that same week. Um, I just thought it was really bizarre from the beginning. Like, man, you have probably a month, two months, maybe to really like two months, maybe at a maximum to really kind of think about this. I mean, you've been playing the NFL for 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. And like you three. something like that man 20 plus years we'll just say and you take virtually no time at all to make such a rash decision like that um and then you 42 i believe or whatever days later decide through a tweet to come back i'm back it's like man talk about selfish you know what I mean? Like that's just that's not that's not good. It's not a good look. And for your family, like Giselle has sacrificed, and I and you hear this a lot, but she truly has, man. Like to do what Tom Brady does at the level he does it, at the commitment he does it on a day in day out basis, at the age he's at, especially. I mean, it just as each year goes on, the commitment level rises and the time commitment rises, and he's like. And you hear him last year saying like, oh, you know, I want to spend time with my kids. And, you know, I think it's coming to an end and yada, yada. Or like, you know, alluding to the fact that he wants to spend more time with his family. And then you do this. It's like, okay, either A, you were lying the entire time. And you were really just kind of like filling, you know, trying to add some humanity to this football robot that you are. Or... B, which I've heard across a lot of major news outlets, and I don't necessarily agree with, but football is your love. Like Tom Brady loves football. Tom Tom Brady and football were always meant to be together. That is the that is his number one priority. It will always be his number one priority, and nobody or nothing will get in that way. And and it's it's kind of hard to think about it that way, like because it's it's really like. Um, inhumane almost like you're you're really uncaring towards him like and what he's feeling about his family but when you look at the track record of his actions and decisions out off the field like on the field they're unquestioned because he it seems like he always makes the right decision you know he has the ball with two minutes left and it's like okay you know how many points is he going to win by kind of thing like are they going to go for two or one is the questions you're asking but off the field the whole retirement and how it was handled, it's like you had such a beautiful career and life in the public eye the last 20 years and to end it in the way that you did, which is so bizarre. And then to come back to this team with a new coach, no Gronk, you know, the defense is not what it used to be. 
and you're another mm. year older, it's it's just like okay, man. Like at what cost? Like is I was talking to my dad about this, and he said it best. He's like, is seven not enough, Tom? Like is is seven really not enough? Is that not enough for you? Like, can you not put it down? And I'll never pretend like I understand what's going on in his head because I'll never know what it's like to play 20 plus years and be in, insanely successful in the biggest league in America and have all these people watching you and all this attention. And maybe he just wants that attention more. But to say you're coming back because you want to win another of this, dude, they're, they're going to lose in the wild card round. They're going to lose in the divisional round. They're not making the championship round, let alone the Super Bowl. I mean, let's be honest. It, we go through the teams, man. Even if they were to make it, they're not winning the Super Bowl. There's, 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 I could name probably six or seven better teams than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially as time goes on and injuries start to add up because you have to account for some injuries. There has to be some that come into play. But his offensive line isn't the same. And the coaching is different, and you get you get a vibe that the whole team is just not they're just not there. So I don't know. It's, the crazy it's part is, I disagree with you on the defense part. The defense, other than against the Chiefs, like it's been fucking rock solid. It's what's actually carried this team. The crazy part is the offense is what is just like lackadaisical. You know, you know honestly, Tom Brady hasn't really played that great either um, I kind of wonder is it like, did he not realize how much it would affect if this all is going did he not realize how much it would affect him because like you know you, you think like nah, you know screw it I, I want to come back I want to play football another year another season and you think you're that's going to make you happy and you're going to be happy doing that no matter what. But then you go through like some real issues like that and you realize if you're a decent, honest, caring person, you know, that's going to affect you. Like you're not going to have that much fun playing football. These people yeah, it's not as fun, yeah. So I kind of wonder is that if that's what's going on. If all this is kind of unraveling behind the scenes, I really hope it's not exaggerated. We don't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's exaggerated rumors. I mean, they might be going through a rough spell because of it, but I mean, it's been a little while now since he came back and whatnot. You know, like you said, he announced he was coming back in March. Literally, he didn't even give enough time for for the Bucks to like even get another quarterback like I don't know I'm, I'm just hoping, hoping it's not as bad as the media is making it out to seem like well we I mean they love to run with this and you know it, it positive things don't sell in the media so I mean you already when I type it in you know, Tom Brady and Giselle's marriage troubles are nothing new. You know, that's like, this is where you start to see where it's like, you know, Tom has been this way towards her for years and years. And Giselle has done this to Tom for years and years. And all this stuff starts to come out. I just hate it. I hate it from the media. I personally, you know, I was, I was, like I said, talking to my dad and 
ESPN hasn't reported it. Fox Sports hasn't reported, but people like or companies like CNN, TMZ, People Magazine, National Enquirer, like all these sources that like. And I wrote CNN in there because like even if it was Fox or whatever else, whatever political allegiance you have, unless it's ESPN or Fox Sports or NBC Sports or something that like is sports related. And it's like, and I can find some credibility and I know who the writer is and I've like read his stuff before or the reporter. You just, you just don't know, man, because like you think about like the, it, it, I, I hate to do this, but you think about the Kobe Bryant thing when Kobe passed and how there's so many reports the day that he passed that were false and weren't true and they weren't vetted. And, or we go to, I mean, even easier and less, less heart pulling, heart tugging. Uh, the Manti Teo stuff, where all the Manti Teo reporters and reports that came out turned out to be false because they just rode the wave and they were talking about how he was gay and how this has been a long time thing and the, and he's a liar and he's you know construed this to win the Heisman. All, I mean, it just runs like crazy. You get one little like scent of it and all of a sudden it's just like a huge wave of media. Click on this, click on this, click on this. So I'm holding off. Um, the jury's still out for me. Obviously, I, I hope it is for everybody else. It's yeah, I, I don't think you should ever root for anybody to, to go through personal troubles like that, man. It's it's not it's not something to mess around with. It it it's jarring, it damages people. It's not it's not good. It's different than losing a football game, right? Like there is another football game. There's 17 or whatever, however many you make it to every year. It's like you lose one in week five. It's you move on to the next one. You lose the Super Bowl. You still have a chance next year to play, you know, at your best level and possibly make it to another one. Marriage, man, that's kids. It's not like you just, you know, roll into the next year and there's another one. Like it's not, it's not something that I like to mess around with. Like when it comes to making serious comments, I just hope that, you know, they figure it out. I think the way when you look back on it with all this news breaking out, my only comment is really when you look back on how he retired. And the sacrifices that she's made for her her career, sure, but like personal life and the kids' personal life to live as Tom Brady's wife. I mean, Giselle is Giselle Bunchkin. I mean, she's like she is it in the fashion industry, and she has been that way for 15, 20 years now. So to put that aside and be Tom Brady's wife is really tough so props to her for doing that and when i look back at how he went about the retirement just not very considerate of the other people that like are in his inner circle it's very i'm tom brady i love football i want to play football i just hope that it doesn't result in you know the end of something like you said that is more important than football man it's just it's just more important so um yeah i I mean love it i love the I love that soliloquy you just went on. You, I mean, you said it. You said it brilliantly. And appreciate um, that. Before we sign, two fans want to remind everybody: MLB playoffs start today. Mm. Let's go! Yeah, there they do. I was looking at somebody's playing the Guardians. Yeah, the uh, Guardians won. Guardians just won. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we got the Cardinals and Phillies playing right now the NL wild card I'm not gonna pretend like I know much about baseball but I'm rooting for the Astros so let's go let's ride Astro Nation 
Let's ride. Oh, Lord. Hey, <laughs> clear, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Can't yeah. lose. All right, two fans, you know where to find us at Sliced Apples Pod, at Sliced Apples Pod, at Sliced Apples Podcast. I think this is a record for you and I, at least in the last year, dude. We, we went for, I think, a little over two hours, about something like that. Uh, um, yeah, it's been about two hours. I knew you were driving, so I was like, we can burn some time, man. David's not going to get hungry. He's not going to want to go to sleep. He doesn't need a shit. Like, all of his basic necessities are taken care of. He's kind of trapped in a car, so we can chat. Yeah. Um, I'm going to yep. go to Apple because my phone is not working and I have to get my phone fixed. So that's like the most lame excuse to be like, I can't work. My phone doesn't work. Um, but two fans, you know where to find us at Slice Devils Pod, at Slice Devils Podcast. Uh, give us a follow or subscribe on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Um, we release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. We try our best to, unfortunately, released today on Friday. Uh, but we're excited to circle back on Tuesday and talk about all of the confidence pool. I hope that um, I keep my two-week winning streak going. That'd be a blast. That'd be fun to keep rubbing in his face. Because if I win in fantasy and then I win in the confidence pool, David has nothing to say against me. And that's the best part about it. All right? He can't say shit when I win in both. But if I win in the confidence pool, but I don't win in fantasy, you can shit on me for fantasy. And vice versa. So yeah, I have to cover all my bases to fans. Um, but you know where to find us. And uh, we'll see you next time.